Log Talk Radio. Look 
Welcome to another edition of Face to Face, the Ministry of Prayer International. My name is Sean Holmberg. I am your co-host along with Christopher Herzog, who will be joining us at 10 o'clock for an hour of prayer for the nations. I wanted to start off by, um, because we've been going for like a whole week now, and we haven't really had much time to actually talk about why we're doing this. Um, And so I wanted to share with you a little bit of the vision of Prayer International, which is that, you know, it's it's funny because in our daily lives, um, we tend to get into habits of going to church and going to work and everything else, and we get into habits of talking about how great it would be to do things for God. Um, But a lot of us don't ever really do anything Um, and it just seems like a bunch of talk and I remember a quote I once read that said a person was talking about their heroes and they said their heroes were the missionaries who were out in the fields doing all the things that the rest of us talk about and so me and my good friend Chris Herzog who I've known for a majority of my Christian life were just talking about how we were looking at the different ways of reaching the nations and Chris himself does a lot of outreach ministry in communities and one thing we noticed is that there's hundreds of thousands of websites that um, talk about God and give teachings about God and promote this ministry or that ministry and talk about prayer and but we and even have some there's even some out there where you can type in prayers or after prayers, but we never actually saw anything live. And I had spent some time at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, which is one of the most anointed places I have ever been as far as the anointing that comes from being in the presence of God in a corporate setting. And we realized that there wasn't anything like that on the internet as far as a place you can go online that has an online presence where a normal everyday person could just get onto their computer when they needed prayer and be able to meet someone face-to-face. And the amazing thing about the technology and this time that we live is that it allows us to bridge gaps in seconds. Um, We can get on our computers, on our Facebooks and Skypes and our instant messengers, and we can talk to people on the other side of the world as if they were in the same room. And with technology like that available, it's something we felt that it's already there and the church should be using it. And there are some people using it. And so what we're attempting to do, if the grace of the Lord or with the grace of the Lord, is to build a community of believers where there's a 24-hour video presence, live video, audio, chat, where Christians from every corner of the earth can come and gather together and receive prayer and give prayer and worship the Lord. And there's a bunch of technology we're using. Um, We're even attempting and working with some companies to get encrypted technology to be able to encrypt messages to send to underground churches and places like that. And 
none of this is really about me and it's not about Chris. I mean, we're just two people and this vision that the Lord gave us isn't just about us. It's about the body of Christ. Um, we don't own anything. We don't have a ministry and we're not promoting a ministry. Even when we say Prayer International, it's not really a ministry. It's Prayer International is more just a vision that the entire church has had. And there's multiple people we've met and talked with who've, have even talked to us about how God's given them visions like this and they've thought about visions like this. And so we know and we felt it was the right time. And so we built a website and just started from there. And it's still in its early phases. I mean, we're praying that we will, in the next couple months, to have 24-hour live video prayer, have prayer rooms and chat rooms and have it be 24 hours around the clock. Um, we're still praying in mission, praying in um, intercessors. And so those are the early stages. And Blog Talk Radio is just something we found a couple of days ago, about a week now, that we didn't even realize was there. And it lets us reach out to 70-plus different countries across the world to declare the love of Jesus Christ. And... You know, one thing I felt in my spirit is that if we get on to this radio broadcast, for example, for two hours a night or an hour every every in on, an hour on Sundays, <coughs> excuse me, and if nobody listens, but just if there's one person, whether they be in the United States, or they be in Russia, or they be in Africa, or wherever they're at, and if there's one person who happens to be turning on their computer and they somehow get to the radio broadcast. And maybe they're the one person who hasn't been told that Jesus loves them. And they're the one person who needed prayer in there and didn't have it available. Um, then it's all worth it for one person. And it's worth it. If one person gets to hear us tell them that Jesus loves them and that, and that God is coming back and that God loves people and that, all he wants is a relationship with us, then it makes everything worth it. <clears throat> and we, when we set up, we set this all up. We, we set up Monday through Monday through Friday, two hour sessions of teaching and worship. And then Saturday was supposed to be a talk format, talking about having a real relationship with God and being real people with real relationships with God and growing in intimacy with the Lord, which comes through spending time with the Lord and comes through spending time with the Word and reading our Bibles and getting to know the Jesus that is written in the pages and having the Holy Spirit take those words and having them become alive in us and developing that fountain of living water that Jesus talked about. And... Because the word does that to you, the word becomes alive in you. And there, and if you haven't heard this story before, um, Jesus was at a well, and there was a Samaritan woman there, and he asked her to bring him some water. <clears throat> and 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 toward the end of, the, of it, he said, "If you would have known who it was that asked you for water, you would have asked him for living water." And this is actually, it's John chapter 4, and it says, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus had baptized more disciples than John, 
though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. And, you know, it's ironic because, you know, the Lord sometimes gives us visions and destinations, and we get ideas of the places that we believe the Lord is, and the Holy Spirit is sending us to go. But it doesn't always mean there's not a detour that the Lord takes us through to do something that needs to be done or a specific person that needs to be touched that needs to be done before we can move on to the next destination. And it says that in verse 4, but he needed to go through Samaria, so he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of the ground that Jacob gave to his sons Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. And a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And the woman said, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank proven himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of the water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of, of living of water, springing up into everlasting life. And, you know, a lot of Christians and a lot of people in the world go through their lives thirsty. It says in Isaiah, it says, Ho, come to the waters, you who have no money. And Jesus mentioned again in John, he said, come to me. And he, he talks about this living water that he's able to give to us. And, you know, I've been spending all day, like, trying to figure out where this was going to go today. And I actually had no idea until just now and how this all ties in. So, the Holy Spirit knows. Um, you know, we have a responsibility, um, which is actually a privilege. A couple. The first one is to love the Lord and to worship him. And the second is to be representatives of Jesus. And we talked the entire week about our identity in Christ and how we are the representatives of Christ on the earth. And how we are the light of the earth, the salt of the earth. We are the direct representation of Christ in the earth for a world that doesn't know him. And you'll you'll see that a lot when you're out. You'll see a lot of people who don't know him. And we have this privilege of having this treasure and earthen vessels of the Holy Spirit and having the knowledge of the living God and having the knowledge of the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ and the joy that's inexpressible and full of glory that comes through the knowledge of Jesus, which comes from the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And 
there's people on the outside who don't have that knowledge. And the Bible says if you have if you if you see your brother in need and you have something to give him, that you should give it to him. And it's and then the verse that says that it's talking about like material goods, but how much more if we see our brother in need and we have something that they need that we should freely give it. And how much more should that apply to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and to the knowledge of the love of God? For it's the one thing that the world's seeking and it's the one thing the world's lacking. And it's it's a sad and a little bit, even though we're all guilty of it, that we can go through our daily lives and see people and come in contact with the people and we're willing to give them money and willing to just have general conversation. But when it comes to actually speaking out about the thing that is dearest to our heart, because we'll talk about the weather and we'll talk about our kids, our kids' grades and how our kids sit at school and we'll talk about our football teams and everything else. But when it comes to the one thing that interests us most and the, the biggest desire of our heart, which is our relationship with Jesus Christ, it's the one thing that we hold back from telling the world about. And, you know, I was in the car today thinking about, like, what to talk about. And I was driving out to visit a, friend, a good friend of mine who's in jail right now. And on my way out there, I realized I didn't want to go, first off, because I just wanted to go home and, like, lay down and relax. And, and then I did. I didn't, and I decided, okay, I needed to go. And and I realized that, you know, those few minutes of being a real person to people in whatever situation in life they're in can make all the difference because you bring hope to those people on the outside. And so I'm going to go into a little bit of political incorrectness like I did like last week, and so just forgive me. Um, Prayer International, I mean, we're a nonprofit organization as far as we don't make money on anything we do. Everything we do and any donations that come in come from our, go into our hands and go right back out to the ministry of the body of Christ. And we don't, I mean, me and Chris, we both have full-time jobs and we work to pay our bills and to support our families. And we're not doing any of this for money. It's all for the Lord Jesus. And so we're nonprofit in that sense, but we don't have a 501c3 um, for tax exemptions um, because we felt there's a lot of things that the government is very restrictive of, and we wanted to be able to leave everything open so that whatever the Lord does later on with with this ministry, if that's what you want to call it, it's free without any restrictions from the government. And so that being said, um, since we're not tax exempt or have a 401c3, I can pretty much say whatever I want. And so here it goes. Um, you know, I, I watched the news a lot. I mentioned that the other night. Um, and one thing I noticed on the news was there's this big ordeal about some church group who was picketing funerals for soldiers who came back from Afghanistan. And they're, according to the, all the different news stations, because I like actually watched five or six, and they were all saying pretty much the same thing that this, and I could be wrong, but this church group was claiming that 
when soldiers were dying in Afghanistan, it was because it was God's judgment for the sin of homosexuality. And they had these big signs that said, God hates homosexuals and God hates, hates you, blah, blah, blah. And it really irked my spirit a little bit. Um, because it's completely unbiblical in every sense of the word. And because, because, you know, the Bible, when Jesus was talking to Pharisees, and he said, a little leaven leavens a whole lump. And there's a popular misconception out there that God hates people, which it's, the thing is that God hates the most is God hates sin. But if you want to start picking up stones and throwing stones, then homosexuality isn't any different than the sin of adultery. And it isn't any different than the sin of lying. And it isn't any different than the sin of, well, whatever it is, of idolatry. And, you know, the world, and even the church at times, has made it a habit of, and become really good at having false idols that, and things and that we make into idols and things that we put from in front of the Lord. And so one sin in the long run isn't any different than any other sin in the fact that Jesus died to save the world from sin. And I think that the message that should be preached is not God hates this, but God loves you. And God has a plan for your life. And God wants a relationship with you. And, you know, there was a couple of verses I wanted to read. And, you know, one of them was in John. Where and it was a story about Jesus, and it's like Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now, early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him. And he sat down and taught them. You know, funny, it says all the people, just it doesn't say the church elite or the church Pharisees or those people. It was everybody. Everybody who, who was anybody, whether they heard about Jesus or not, and whether or whatever, everybody heard about heard about what he was doing and wanted to come out to him. And he sat down and taught them. And, you know, it's funny, it didn't say that he sat down and started criticizing their actions, or and it doesn't say he sat down and started, like, rebuking them for the way they've been living their life. You know, it says in um, Romans 8, it says, I think it's Romans 8, it says that the things of the Spirit are spiritually discerned, and that the flesh cannot perceive them. I believe it says something similar to that, which pretty much means that there's blinders that are on people's hearts who are not in, who are not born again and born of the Spirit. And so there's things of God that they can't comprehend. <clears throat> but anyway, it says, and so Jesus sat down and talked, and then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in their midst, they said to him, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act, like Jesus who knows everything and knew who was around at creation and created all things because the Bible says that in him all things exist and consist. And it says he was with the Father before the creation of the world. And they're bringing this to him like he's going to be surprised, like he didn't already know what was happening in everybody's lives. And then it says, but Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. 
And the funny thing is, is if they would have spent a whole lot of time with Jesus, they would have realized that he had this habit of, like, reading people's, knowing what people were thinking beforehand. And so, but, so he was, he could tell what their heart was anyways, because the Bible says that God doesn't judge us by the outward appearance, but he judges by the heart. Anyway, it says, and this they said, testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stood down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear them. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in her midst. And when Jesus has raised himself up, he saw no one but the woman, and he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No one, Lord. You know, it's funny. It says in John three sixteen, it says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And Jesus says, I have not come to condemn the world, but that the world should be saved. And Jesus came for relationship, and he came to reveal himself and to reveal the heart of the Father to the people. And he didn't come to judge us. I mean, that wasn't even his job. It was the Holy Spirit's job. I mean, because it says later, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict men of sin and of righteousness. And But Jesus, while he did speak against sin, he was. it says that he was moved with compassion for the people. Because he knew that, you know, people already know their, about their sin. You don't have to remind them of it. They already know. And there's a time and place for everything, and there's a season for everything. And, you know, in Ecclesiastes, it says there is nothing new under the sun. There's nothing that's going on now that wasn't going on 100, 200, 2,000 years ago. Nothing changes, especially God. And God never changes. And it says that he's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I say this, and I'm bringing all this up not to say that sin's okay, but to say that while it's not, well, while sin is not okay, it shouldn't be the focus of our heart. It's to point out people's sins, because you know Jesus even says, I mean, how can you like point out a speck in a person's eye when you have a plank in your own? And the funny thing about this, this section of that I just read was it says that. They were testing him and asking him all these questions about what to do with this woman and about her life. And it says, and he kept, and while they were asking him, he would stoop down and write on the ground. And he would just start writing. And one by one, they were convicted by their own conscience and they left. Now, I think that what was happening was Jesus was stooping down and when he was writing on the ground, he was writing out their sins one by one. And they would see what he was writing, and they would be convicted, and they would walk away because they were realizing they're no different. And, you know, the only difference between the world and us is the knowledge of Jesus Christ and that we're saved and that we're born again and that we're translated they're the lost sheep, and we're the sheep that are still there. 
and Jesus said he was here for the lost sheep. He said that the, 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 the healthy have no need for a physician, but the sick do. And, you know, there's a, there's a verse where, <coughs> excuse me, where Jesus was eating with the sinners and the tax collectors and the Pharisees, like always, were complaining, why is he sitting with these sinners? And that's what he said. He said, you know what, the sick, I mean, if you're, if everything's fine and whatever, you don't need, you don't really need anything. But it's the world that needs Jesus. And they don't need necessarily a strong fist at times, but they need love. And there's, I mean, there's so, there, there's, there should be a fine balance between pointing out the truth, which is what the Bible says, and then trying to become a judge, which we're not, because we're not the judge. He is. And God tests men's hearts. And I, and I say that because I was going to bring up the story. When I was...
days will come when you don't have the strength When all you hear is you're not worth anything Wondering if you ever could be loved And if they truly saw your heart they'd see too much You're beautiful
Welcome back to Intimate with, I mean, Face to Face with Prayer International. My name is Sean Holmberg, and I'm your co-host, along with Christopher Herzog. And before the music started, we had a bit of a technical glitch. Looks like my headset cut out. So I apologize for that. So I'm not sure exactly where the audio cut out. So I'm going to back up, and we were talking about our identity in Christ is to show the love of God and not to be the judge of anybody, including those people on the outside. And I talked earlier about his story. And, you know, the thing that the world needs is not us pointing our fingers at them. It's they need the love of Christ. And, you know, something I mentioned last week is that the words that come out of our mouth have no, have life in them. But, they don't get people saved. People don't come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ just by our words alone, because it says in the Bible, it says that the goodness of God leads men into repentance. And people come to know him because the Lord draws them. And it's not just us screaming at the top of our lungs at them. And so I, I and I was and I told this story, and I'll tell it again just in case it's what was missed when our audio cut out, is that when I was a um, young, young Christian, I went to a church retreat at a place called, at a Fire by Night conference in Oklahoma. And there was a host there who told us some stories, and I don't remember his name, but the story, one of the stories he told us, which I'll never forget, is that he, when he was a pastor at his church, there was a young woman who was a stripper who had come to know the Lord Jesus, and she's new in her faith, doesn't know anything, and she asked him, do I have to quit, quit dancing at this club to know Jesus? And he told her no, and that is not something that most of the spiritual elite Christians out there will tell you. They would be very upset about him saying that to her. But he had a reason for it. And what it was was that a couple months later, this woman comes back and she's really upset at him. And she says, you lied to me. And he's like, how? And he's like, you told me I didn't have to give up, give up dancing. And he's like, but I didn't lie to you. You don't have to. And she's like, yeah, but Jesus took away my want to. And what that means is that when she started to spend time with the Lord Jesus and getting to know the Lord Jesus, the desires of her heart changed. And the things, excuse me, the things of the world that were so important started to become less important and started to dim away. And like the Bible says, the things of this world become vaguely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And when we spend time in a relationship with Jesus, the things of this world, tend to not matter as much anymore. And the desires of the world and the desires that we had to fulfill our flesh and our mind and everything else don't have as much weight in our life when they encounter the weight of the glory of God and the weight of the glory that comes from being intimate with the Lord Jesus and having a relationship with the Lord Jesus. And so I said all this from the beginning to now to say that when you're out there in the world with people, you need to be real with them and tell them that and tell them that God loves them and not to try to point out their sin because, you know, 
the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, and the Holy Spirit will convict them of their sin. And it's not our job to do that. It's our job to tell them about the love of Christ. It's our job to go out and preach the gospel, and it's our job to go out and heal the sick. And it's our job to be like Jesus. And Jesus never turned anybody away. Jesus was always open with people, and he always was loving to people, and he was always moved with compassion for people. Yeah, he knew that they had sin in their life. And he had, and there's a couple of times he said, go and sin no more, but he didn't say go and sin no more until after he had already healed them. And so there's an order that things need to go in, that people first need to have the revelation of Jesus before they can possibly deal with any issues of sin. Because if you tell someone who doesn't know the Lord Jesus, don't sin, it's not possible for them because it's not possible for us to not sin. It's like the only way we're righteous is through Jesus Christ, and the only way that the sin disappears from our life is through the blood of Jesus and through a relationship with God and through renewing our minds through the word of God. And the world that's out there doesn't have the word of God, and they don't have the revelation of the Holy Spirit, and they don't have the intimacy of a relationship with Jesus. So how can we possibly expect them to live pure and righteous and holy lives that we can't even live ourselves because we're only righteous through Jesus. And so it's really important for us to show the love of God and compassion and righteousness and the righteousness that comes through him and be honest. You know, there's this verse I love, and it's a section where I believe it was Paul had encountered Peter, and when there was when there was Pharisees around. I mean, or when Pharisees weren't around, Peter was sitting with like the sinners and the uncircumcised people. And then when the Pharisees show up, he would move. And and Paul was saying, "Okay, hold on, let me find it. I'm sorry, I'm going to take a brief second um, to actually find this scripture so I can read it. So I'm going to put one more song on, and then I will read the scripture, and we will close everything up."
Welcome back to Intimate in the Word. My name is Sean Holmberg, your host along with Christopher Herzog. Okay, now the verse I was reading is we are in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. <coughs> Excuse me. And it says, Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came to Jesus, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, If you, being a Jew, live in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are also found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. And so the point of this scripture and what I've been talking about is that what we need to be telling the world is not that they're sinners, but we need to be telling the world that there's a Savior. And we need to be expressing the love of Christ to a world that is absent of the knowledge of God and to a world that doesn't know him because it's only through the knowledge of Jesus that people are saved. And, you know, he said, if anybody calls upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Period. End of story. And we need to be the light of the world and we need to be an example of Jesus Christ in the world. And that is not us condemning the world for who they are. But Embracing that they're sinners like everybody else And they need Jesus Christ And that's the biggest thing that we have to give anybody Is the knowledge of Jesus So it's almost 10 o'clock And we're going to start an hour of prayer for the nations And general prayer If you need prayer for anything We have a call-in number which is 619-638 8458. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be there. We'll pray for you online, or we'll have a chat room open if you just want to chat with us. And so I'm going to play one more song, and then we'll be joined by a mighty, mighty man of God who has an amazing heart for the Lord, an amazing heart of prayer, Christopher Harzog. And so we will be right back in a few minutes.
This is Face to Face. My name is Chris Herzog for International Radio. And for the first hour, we were with Sean Holmberg in the studio, sharing his heart, sharing the Word of God, and just being led by the Holy Spirit to speak and encourage and exhort us. And so we are thankful for what God is doing, and we are just giving him all the glory, all the honor and the praise for just allowing us the opportunity and the privilege to share our hearts daily with our listening audience. And if you want to be a part of the vision that God has placed in our hearts, I believe Sean shared some of that, uh, please contact us. If you have any prayer requests, you can contact us at prayerinternational at gmail.com or you can call in the phone number 619-638-8458, Prayer International Radio. And so we are face-to-face sharing our hearts Encounters with God, and with that being said, let's go into a time of prayer and allow this word on forgiveness and just reaching out and the love of God. Maybe some of you are listening, and there's things in your heart you want to be free from. Maybe you've been tied up or bound in your heart. Maybe things are heavy on your heart. Maybe maybe you have circumstances in your life that you're facing and you need someone to agree with you. It's just really had you sorrowful or depressed lately. So, you know, we want to be your spiritual family and reach out. So if you have prayer requests or want us to stand with you in prayer, of course, our listening audience, we... We encourage you to join with us and pray and stand in agreement as we lift up prayer requests. Different people call in. Please, you know, keep them in their your prayers on your prayer list. So let's go before the Lord. Praise God. Well, Father God, we just come before you right now and we just give you all the praise and all the glory, all the honor. And we lift up the name of Jesus tonight and declare that he is the name above every name. Father, we hallow your name tonight. Lord, we set you apart. Lord, we set you above everything in our hearts. Father, we just pray, Lord God, that you be glorified, Lord. Father, we pray your kingdom come and your will be done in the lives of every man, every woman that's listening. Father, that you would open up their hearts to the King of Glory, that you would open up their hearts to your Spirit. Father, you would reveal to them your presence. Father, for your word says in your presence there is fullness of joy. And Father, at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And we pray, Father, for the presence of God, the presence of Jesus, for your Holy Spirit to go into every home, 
into every car, into every business, into every place right now where people are listening, praying. Father, we pray, Lord, that you would begin to bless and empower. Father, lift up, Father, bless and cause, Lord God, your people to be successful in everything they do, Lord. We pray, Lord, your blessing. Father, for those that are going into business ideas and business ventures, those that are running businesses, Father, for those in the business community, we pray, Father, for your blessing, for your wisdom, for your financial wisdom, that you would give them the blessing of Solomon on how to handle their financial matters. And, Father, for those that are, Lord, leading in the home, Father, you would bless, Father, those that are raising children. Father, you would bless every parent right now, Father, that is raising children in their home, Lord God, that you would give them godly wisdom. Father, help them to exercise their authority and love. Lord, we pray, Father God, for you to give them the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. The presence of God would fill their home as they raise their children, Lord, and build altars unto you in their homes. We pray a spirit of prayer be upon every family. Father, for unity and peace to be upon every marriage right now. Father, we pray for those that are married, for their marriage to be blessed. Father, for you to bless those that are listening, Lord, that are in leadership. Father, those that have ministry calls, you know, actually everyone listening, if you're a believer and you're in the body of Christ, if you're in the name of Christ, you have a ministry call and you are actually called to lead. I really felt like the Holy Spirit backed me up on that. So, Father, we pray for everyone listening right now that you would make them effective leaders, effective influencers, the Father, they would influence their circle and their atmosphere, Father, that wherever you take them, Father, that they would be the influence and they would be the voice that changes things for your glory. And, Father, we pray your kingdom come and your will be done right now. Father, in every home, that your presence would fill. And, Lord, right now we just pray, Lord, that everyone listening, Father, would have a intimate encounter with you. That, Father, you would take them out of religion, take them out of traditions that are fruitless. Father, take them out of things that have robbed them from your glory. Lord, we pray Father God, you would just let your love, let your love penetrate their hearts. Baptize your people in love, Father. You said that that they would know we are your disciples by our love that we have for one another. That we're to love you with all our hearts, soul, mind, and strength. We're to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so we pray for love 
the greatest gift. Father, we can't even have faith without your love. So, Father, we pray for faith that works by love to be in the hearts of your people. Lord, we thank you, Father, that you first loved us. You freely loved us, even though it cost you something, even though it was a sacrifice for you. You said no greater love does a man have than to lay down his life for his friends. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you're imparting that love by your Holy Spirit into our hearts. Father, for those that don't know you, that they be touched, Lord, by that unfailing love. Lord, we thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, and we just ask you to brood over your people. Touch them in their bodies right now if they are sick. If there's anyone sick in your body, feel free to call in 619-638-8458 or email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com to prayer request. Father, right now we just pray for everybody sick and their bodies are struggling, Father, with this cold and flu season. Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we declare that by your stripes, by your stripes, your people are healed. And we speak healing over everyone listening right now in Jesus' name. We speak healing right now over everyone listening in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. Father, we pray your Holy Spirit's touch. Touch everyone listening. And that you'd open up their hearts. That you'd open up their hearts to hear your voice. You'd open up their hearts to hear your voice. And open up our hearts to your word tonight, Father. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm finding myself. At a loss for words And the funny thing is It's okay The last thing I need Is to be heard But to hear What you would say Word of God speak Would you pour down like rain 
Praise God. This is Prayer International Radio. Face to face. We are experiencing face to face encounters with God. And we are praying for those of you listening to have face to face moments with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ. As you call upon your heavenly Father, we are praying that he make himself known to you and his word will be rich and alive in your hearts. If you need prayer, again, you can call in Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. You can reach us at www.prayerinternational.org on our website. We also are reaching out through blogger.com and different places. If you just want to leave comments on any of those, uh, Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, we will collect those prayer requests through various media streams. I believe we are even sending out different things across the cell phones through Twitter. But if you'll uh, contact us, we will raise up a watch, a prayer hedge to your Christian family of prayer and intercession. You know, every prayer request that comes in, we have it in the database when we pray lift your names up your families up we've contacted people 
you know, actually throughout the throughout the world. We get people from India, Singapore, Africa, Texas, everywhere, asking for prayer. You know, we need to realize that prayer is our life force. The Bible says that we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, how do we hear from God if we're not connecting, if we're not reaching, if we're not communicating with Him, if we're not calling out to Him? He says, call unto me and I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know of. And you've heard me say this many times if you listen to our broadcast, Jeremiah 33, 3. But it's vital if you're in the kingdom of God. If you're trying to even come into the kingdom of God, you can't even come into the kingdom unless the Spirit of God draws you and you call out to him. God is reaching out by his Holy Spirit. He's brooding over the earth. He's moving to and fro throughout the earth, looking for hearts, looking for men and women whose hearts are fully his. God is a spirit. He, he wants to be worshipped in spirit and in truth. And he is reaching out. If you're looking for a genuine encounter, a spiritual experience, a spiritual encounter, if your spiritual encounter does not bring you into a place with the Holy Spirit, then it's merely just some experience. But a spiritual encounter, a true spiritual encounter will bring you face-to-face, heart-to-heart with the Holy Spirit of God. And when you encounter the Spirit of God, it will produce the life of God, the fruit of God, the peace, the joy, the security of God, the confidence of God in your soul. Things that are in your life will begin to change and not be, and things that are not will begin to be in your life as you begin to call them forth. As God comes into your life, as your spirit is turned on and made alive in Christ Jesus, as you become one and intimate with the Father through communication, through hearing His Word, through reaching out to Him, the Bible says that by beholding Him we are changed. By being in his presence, waiting on him, we are changed from glory to glory, from faith to faith as we trust, that faith, that trusting, that believing, that faith in him is a is a trusting, it's a confidence, it's a understanding, it's a belief in God. That's what faith is. It's reaching out and trusting God, and as you trust him, as you hear his word and, and you begin to walk in the the guidance of the Lord, as you begin to walk in the leading of the Lord and you see that it works, as you begin to trust God with your life and you see that God is not failing you, God is not forsaking you, but He is performing His word, He's keeping His word in your life, He's upholding His word in your life, 
It's building a faith. It's building more confidence. And we're going from faith to faith. The Bible says from faith to faith. Ever increasing faith. And from glory to glory. And ever increasing glory. And that glory is his glory. That glory is the kabod. The heavy weight. The tangible. The presence of God. The the experience, the encounter where we know that we know that God is here. The Bible calls him Jehovah Shema. The ever-present God. The ever-present God, Jehovah Shema. The Lord who is always there. The Lord who is always present. The Word of God says that He is in you to will and to do of your of His good pleasure in your life. If He is in you, if you are a child of God and His Spirit dwelleth in you, the Bible says that His Spirit will quicken your mortal body. That if you are led by the Spirit of God, you're a child of God. But as you open up your heart, the Bible says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Why is that so important? Why do we talk about that so much on this podcast? Because it's it's the key. It's the key of the kingdom. The Bible says to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. For out of it are the wellsprings of life, the, the, the important issues. Flow out of your life, come from your heart. Even the words that come out of your mouth come from your heart. The Bible says those words are life and death. So we are to guard our heart. The Bible says, don't harden your heart, but rather hear his voice. So it's important that you have a soft heart towards God. It's important that you allow the Holy Spirit to work over your heart. Now, that word heart, spirit, could also be translated attitude. Attitude. Your attitude towards God. How is your attitude towards God? I have to stop and examine myself daily and make sure that my attitude towards God is right. You know, the psalmist David said, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. The meditations of my heart, the the things that my mind muses on and fixates on and the things that mull over in my mind that cause me to have feelings and emotions and thoughts and, and ideas and beliefs about certain things, it all develops an attitude towards certain things, towards people or towards God. And that attitude may be positive or it may be negative. It depends on what you're setting your heart towards or setting your mind on. The Bible says to set your mind on things above which are eternal and not on the things that are temporal and passing away. It says that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So that 
means that your perspective, your viewpoint, your stance on life should be from a heavenly perspective. We pray the prayer, God, let your will be done, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And if you're going to have things as it is in heaven in your life here on earth, then you need to see as it is in heaven here on earth, which means you need to see from a heavenly perspective. You need to see from a godly stance, a godly viewpoint. The Bible says my thoughts, God says my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. In fact, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, says the Lord. But it also says that in Christ, we have the mind of Christ and that as we begin to meditate day and night on his word, we have to understand that God's word is his will. In fact, it's so important, the Bible says, that God exalts his word above himself. God keeps his word. He says, look, I'm only as good, the Lord will tell you in his Bible, in the Bible itself, the Lord says, I'm only as good as my word says that I am. I'm only as good as I am if I can keep the word that I declare unto you. But see, God takes it a step further and he says, look, not one word that proceeds out of my mouth, not one word that I speak, declares the Lord, is going to return void. It's not going to fall to the ground. It's not going to fail you. God says, I'm not a liar. God says, I, 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 not only do I speak the truth, but I am the truth. And you see, truth can't lie. Truth is always truth. And everything that is centered around that truth is in proportion to that truth. What am I saying? When God says something, that is the final truth. And that means everything that centers around the word of God that was spoken into your life has to bow and conform and be scrutinized and developed into your life according to the truth of that word that was spoken. Let me break it down. When God says something, everything in your life will bow down and conform to that word. And as you begin to speak, as you begin to hear, and as you begin to speak, the direction of God, the words of God, the plans of God, the dreams of God, the assignments of God for your life, as God begins to lead you and guide you and speak into your heart, speak into your mind, the things of God, God is speaking. We have to position ourselves to hear the word of the Lord. Jesus said, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Prepare yourself. Prepare your ears. Prepare your heart. Prepare your heart. Guard your heart. Don't harden your heart. So today you can hear his voice. The book of Revelation says, today if you hear his voice, today if you hear his voice, the Spirit of the Lord is 
speaking to his church. The Spirit of the Lord is speaking to his bride, to his children. Whatever you want to term it, whatever you want to call yourself, either his child or his bride or his church or his people, whoever you are, the word of God is going forth into the earth. God is looking for hearts he can deposit his word in who will take that word and declare it out of their mouths back into the earth so that the kingdom of God and what's going on in heaven can be manifested into the earth. See, that's our job as Christians, as ambassadors, as children, as the army of God, as the bride, whatever you want to call it. It's our job call in the kingdom, to call in those things that are to manifest. See, when God put Adam in the garden, his job was to name the animal. His job was to tend and manage everything that went on in the earth while he communicated and was intimate with God. And in the same way, you're here on the earth to communicate and be intimate with God and to name your environment, to name whatever comes into your life. God gives you that authority and that dominion. Even though it was lost in the garden, Jesus came to restore it. So if you're in Christ, if you're in the blood, if you're in the Spirit, then you receive the inheritance and the authority as a son of God, as a child of God, to go forward in the things of God and speak your world, speak. Jesus said you can have whatever you say, whatever you desire, whatever is in your heart, whatever desire is in your heart, you can say it. You can have whatever you say. New Testament, the gospel. The Old Testament put it like this. King Solomon in the book of Proverbs said, a man is ensnared by the fruit of his lips. What does that mean? Whatever you say, that's what's going to come upon you. Why is it important to hide the word of God in your heart? Because whatever's in your heart is what's going to come out of your mouth. If you hide the word of God in your heart, you're not going to sin against God. Where does sin start? It starts in the heart. It's not some behavior or action, although it can be. But it starts in the heart. It starts on the inside. Jesus said, for the, it's not what goes into a man that makes him unclean, it's what comes out of his heart. Desires, the attitudes, the motives, the mindset. Sean said earlier on the broadcast, God doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. And so God is speaking to hearts tonight. Open up your heart tonight. Allow the word of God to touch you. Do you hear his voice. 
you hear the word of the Lord. Open up your ears. Father, we pray right now for everyone listening that their ears would be open to hear the voice of the Lord, that they would have a larger capacity to receive your words and not only hear you, but to obey what you hear, to obey what they hear. Father, we just speak blessing and we pray your people would hear the sound of your voice.
All right, well, praise the Lord. This is Prayer International Radio. This is Face to Face. And my name is Chris Herzog. It is approaching about 15 minutes to 11 o'clock. So we've been talking about the voice of God. You know, that's very important in our walk with the Lord to really have a foundation and understanding of how God speaks to us. And, you know, as basic and as simple as it may seem, for some Christians that want to seek out new ideas and doctrines and theologies, A lot of times we start reading a lot of books. And, you know, not that I'm opposed to books because I've got many. Trust me. <laughs> and I'm all for books, praise God. But you know, there's a book called the Holy Bible. In fact, it's not just one book, but it's 66 books, or at least a canonized uh, version of the Holy Bible the 66 books. And that is God's Holy Bible, those 66 books. It's God's love letter, you know, His word, His message to His people. So if you're going to prepare your heart, prepare your mind, prepare your life, to receive the Spirit of God, the voice of God, and really be led by the Holy Spirit speaking and leading actively daily in your life. You've got to have a foundation. You've got to have a capacity and an understanding. You've got to have a discipline and develop a desire. And if you don't have one, you need to ask God for one a desire and a discipline and a capacity for the Word of God. To hide that Word in your heart so that you will not, so that you won't sin against the Lord. I don't think we have a sin problem in our nation as much as we have a lack of an understanding of God's Word, really. And not just hearsay of it, but really the Word of God delivered in power, the Word of God delivered under the anointing, the Word of God delivered under the glory that is declared with the fear of the Lord. There's a lack of that in our nation. And therefore we see a lack of power, we see a lack of miracles. And don't get me wrong, God is pouring out His Spirit, and I will declare, for those of you listening tonight, God is pouring out His Spirit around the world, across the earth, and there are bodies coming alive, resurrected, the dead are being raised, blind eyes are being opened, people are coming out of comas. I'm telling you, God is moving through many mighty women 
and many mighty men and many mighty children. And I don't mean metaphorically children of God. I mean children. Why did I say that? Why did I say women? There's people listening that maybe you don't think women should preach. Maybe you don't think women should teach. Maybe you don't think women should declare the word of the Lord. Well, read your Bible. God used women to declare the word of the Lord. In fact, the first time the word of the Lord was declared out of someone's mouth in the word of God, it was through Eve's mouth besides God's mouth, but through a person's mouth. Read it. Eve's mouth said to the serpent, she quoted what God said concerning the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Okay? Maybe some of you think it's absurd that children would preach or raise the dead. Call Heidi Baker. Ask her what's going on. Go to China and see the nine-year-olds are pastoring churches. Nine-year-olds, yes, I said nine-year-olds are pastoring churches. Why am I saying all this? God is pouring out his spirit and he's doing it in ways and he's using things and he's using people and he's using technology and he's using every means, every resource, every source that is yielded and consecrated to him. It doesn't matter if it's a five-year-old or the mouth of a donkey or an Internet website or a 109-year-old preaching Otis Clark still preaching the gospel at 109 years old. It doesn't matter. God will use whatever he wants to use. And God will use you. Why did I say that? Because God will use you. If you're in Christ, if you're in the family of faith, if you're in the beloved, the Bible says, they that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. And last night we focused on the knowing, the yada, the to be intimately acquainted with, and I'll back up. Hey, I'm kind of repetitive at times. So that's how you learn. There's a law of repetition in the Bible. Jesus constantly said things. God constantly repeated himself. Why? Because people are hard-headed. People are hard-hearted. And some of them have a short attention span and, and a very small capacity. So we're praying that we stretch in, in larger capacity tonight. We will say some things. I'll say some things. I'm sure you'll hear Sean say some things. People will get on the program and maybe they'll confirm some things that we're saying. But we want you to just get them. So the word yada means to be intimately acquainted with. The same word to know they that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits, is in Genesis when it says Adam knew Eve and she conceived. Knew, the word knew, the word know, is Yadah, same word, to be intimately acquainted with. 
So God wants you to be still one with him. That there's a confidence. If you're going to hear the word of the Lord, there's got to be a confidence. If you carry out the word of the Lord, there's got to be a confidence first that you've heard God. Then there's got to be a confidence that God's going to be with you when you go forward in the things of God. And I'm speaking to myself tonight. Those of you that are listening, if you're going to go do things for God, you've got to have a confidence that God's going to be with you when you go forward and do those things. And so those that know, they that know their God shall be strong, shall be confident, should be strong in the Lord, strong in the Lord of the power of his mind. You see, you trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways you acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Why? Because you begin to do things his way. And God, when you do things his way, has a responsibility to fulfill his work. And so... Be strong and do great exploits. So as you develop a confidence, you'll go out and you'll do great exploits. As God leads you in your day-to-day walk, He may lead you on your job to share the Lord with somebody, share Jesus with somebody or just an encouraging word or just a hi or a smile or how are you or is everything all right today or are you doing okay there? Whatever it is, just be sensitive to the people around you. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You may be the one person that God uses to bring a shift and a change and a transformation in somebody's life. You don't realize how powerful that is. Powerful. And I'm sure a few of you out there have heard of this small company out there called Mary Kay Cosmetics of a little company. And Mary Kay Ash, the actual, uh, she's, she's gone now, she's passed, but she was the founder and the owner, the one that started Mary Kay Cosmetics. And actually when she left, she was well worth about, I believe it was $4 billion, you know. Um, what am I saying that for this woman knew how to build a corporation. And when they asked her, what's the secret of your success? Why are you so successful with people and sales and everything that you're doing? She said, you know, I really have a heart for people. And she said, you know, the Lord put it in me one day. And she said, he told me whenever I see people, see them and envision them with a sign around their neck that says, please tell me I matter. Please tell me I'm important. So whenever she would see people, she would envision them with a sign around their neck saying, please tell me I matter. Please tell me I'm important. And I'm saying to you this, there's people in your life that when you walk into their lives, you need to realize Inside, they may be crying out. Inside, they may be asking for someone to please tell me I matter. Please tell me I'm important. You might be the one that God uses. He might be 
you might be the one God chooses or uses to let that person know how valuable they are to God, how valuable they are to you, how valuable they are. You know, you have value. Maybe you're listening and you are going through a time and you're going through an identity crisis. Maybe your self-worth or self-esteem or your confidence is broken or distorted, shattered. Whatever the case is, I'm not sure, but I'm here to tell you that God says to lift up your eyes, put your hope in God, to not be downcast in your soul, to not be heavy-hearted, but to put on the garment of praise, to begin to just become thankful for the things in your life that have gone right and the things in your life that haven't devastated you. Begin to be thankful and begin to turn things around. Begin to be thankful and praise and worship God for the things he has given you and what he has for you. Be thankful for the fact that you have eternal life. And begin to focus on your strengths and the blessings in your life and the blessings and those around you. And I believe that God will begin to intervene in your life and turn some things around. As we're going through a time of despair, and we can pray for you tonight, give us a call. The number is 619-638-8458. You can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. That's prayerinternational at gmail.com. I'm here to tell you, be lifted up. Do not be downcast, but turn your eyes upon the Lord and the things of the world will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. And His glory will overshadow. And the light of His word and the light of His truth will overshadow your life. The peace of God as you set your heart and keep your mind on him and focus on his word. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will rule your heart and mind by Christ Jesus. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for everyone listening. We pray, Lord God, that you would open up their hearts, open up their minds to the truth of your word, bring them peace right now, and lift them up out of their despair. Lift them up out of their despair, Father. We're going to show them the truth. We're going to show them the way. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you're breaking off yokes. You're breaking off the heaviness. You're breaking off the despair. You're birthing hope. Bring hope. Bring hope into their lives. Jesus, you're the hope of their lives. Father, we pray that you'd reveal yourself, Jesus. Would your Holy Spirit touch them? Touch them in their minds. Touch them in their bodies. Touch them in their emotions. 